Shut up and sit down. Yes, yes. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is the Quiet Part Loud podcast. My name's Daryl. I'm your host as always. And uh, welcome back. Good to have you. And welcome if it's your first time uh, tuning into the show. It's midweek. I got a day off work um, because it's my anniversary. And Mrs. H and myself uh, will be going out a little later on. So I wanted to get one of these in uh, while I had a bit of time in the morning. Uh, which is unusual, uh, but it, uh, as I said on the last show, I was keen to uh, bring a, one at, at least, but hopefully two shows uh, to you guys this week. One specifically, which we're going to do uh, in just a minute, uh, which is the UFC 229 breakdown um, preview show. And the other one will be more of our normal format, talking about the week's events, what's been going on, in the UK, abroad, um, politics, entertainment, all that good stuff like we normally do, uh, but that's going to be the second show that we record, and that'll probably come tomorrow evening or potentially Friday evening. Uh, I'm not entirely sure yet, but first things first, um, we we are four days out from potentially the biggest fight, certainly from a from an animosity point of view, from a from an all-out grudge match in terms of competi- competitiveness and competitive spirit, I don't think there's been a bigger matchup. Not of two athletes of this caliber, um, but also biggest fight potentially in terms of viewership and pay-per-view buys and, um, you know gate records and things like this they're all they're all potentially up for grabs here some people say mainly those with inside the organization of the UFC say it's trending towards 3 million pay-per-view buys which would be which would be incredible i think uh is it 2.1 is the max it is the highest uh pay-per-view event that the UFC's ever done, and that was obviously a Conor McGregor fight as well. Um, I mean, he's got the top four, I believe, or five. Um, but some people inside the UFC are saying that it's trending towards three million. Other commentators of mixed martial art and combat sports are predicting, estimating, for their own reasons, that it could potentially do less than two, which would be certainly a disappointment from all from all parties perspective um i don't know is the short answer i don't have any inside information on you know what it's trending towards or you know if the lack of promotion is actually having a detrimental effect in terms of people's interest in this fight from the people i speak with both i guess quote unquote diehard if you can call them that um, to the casual fan, I'm hearing I'm hearing a decent amount of noise and a decent amount of excitement, and I know people that are buying this fight that normally wouldn't uh, buy a UFC fight abroad, and I know people who are watching it in the UK uh, that might not necessarily tune in to all of the uh, pay-per-view events that the UFC has. So with that in mind. 
it stands to reason to me anyways that that this is going to do some pretty some pretty big numbers but only time will tell i'm more interested in the actual competition itself and we're going to go through some of the fights that i'm interested in on the card but then we're going to we'll spend the bulk of the time talking about the main event the lead up to it both of the fighters that are involved and I'll give you my take on what I think the outcome could potentially be. So jumping right in, let's have a look at the card. So we've got seven, we've got 12 fights on the card. That should have been 13, but Sean O'Malley's put his hands up to say that he's failed a piss test. You saw the piss test. And that he has been removed from the card. Now you saw to have a new program or policy in place where unless the fighter comes out and says it, they're just going to pull the fighter from the card and they'll announce like the results later, which I don't agree with. So Sean O'Malley came out and said, listen, this is why I've been taken off the card. We think like his team thinks that they know it's a supplement um, which, if you look at the number of uh, convictions that you saw it as handed down for failed tests, like one third of them have been related to uh, tainted supplements, um, you know, and handed down with varying degrees and severities of penalties. But nevertheless, for an MMA fighter, and if your name's not Conor McGregor, your or GSP or you know one of these guys, every fight really, really matters financially and so i think there needs to be a bit stronger of a due diligence process a bit more of a uh a bit more of a of a of a benefit of the doubt potentially uh if if the results do look like they're you know minuscule amounts or you know we've we can see these indicators now that are leading them potentially to failed tests um because they've taken a bad supplement or something like that. So I think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the policy should be, but I think the policy should change because I don't think this one's the right way to go about it. And, you know, I don't think Sean O'Malley's doping. If anything, they probably got him with a bit of weed in his system or something like that. His team's saying that it's probably a supplement, so whatever, take that. But I just don't see him as being the type of type of guy that does it intentionally. So we'll see what comes out, but it's a shame he's not going to be on this card because I would really like to have broken that fight down. But we've got 12 fights on the card. The headliner on the prelims is Sergio Pettison. Juicier Formiga, which is going to be a really exciting fight. Uh, Sergio Pettis ranked number two, Formiga's ranked number five. Um, both incredible fighters, incredibly athletic. You know, Sergio Pettis, younger brother of Anthony, who, who is the co-main event on this card as well. Uh, they all seem to fight together. Um, you know, he's 17 and three, and, you know, he looks really, really good. Um, just looking back on sort of, you know, the past couple of fights for Sergio, it's been... <clears throat> pardon me 
you know, it's, he lost to Cejudo in a unanimous decision. But other than that, he beat Benavidez in his last fight on a split decision. He beat uh, Moreno on a decision and he beat Moraga on a decision. So tough fights, good fights, um, but he's, you know, he's, he's ranked number two for a reason. He's fought some really, really incredibly tough guys and decision or not, he's gone through it and he's come out on top. So, um, so looking forward to him continuing, you know, a successful run. Like I said, he lost to Cejudo, but you know, Cejudo's the champ. So, you know, not a, not a terrible marker to have on your, on your resume as one of the three losses. Uh, the other two coming obviously when he was a bit younger in his career. Uh, but Juicier Formiga is, you know, He's a bit longer in the tooth, let's say that. Uh, again, he's fought everybody. He's won his last two fights against uh, Ben, I always hate saying this last name, Guian, I think it is. Uh, but he got a great submission in that fight, performance of the night bonus on that. He beat Sasaki uh, by submission in the fight before that. Then he lost a, a unanimous decision to Ray Borg, but before that beat Dustin Ortiz. So again, He's been around longer than uh, Pettis has, but still an amazing fighter and has fought the who's who in that division. So it's it, you know, it's it's a title shot opportunity I think for Pettis if he has a if he has a good decisive performance and can maybe stop Formiga. Formiga, this is you know he's ranked fifth, but you know in that division it's a long way back up. Uh, so. He's got to have a, a, an outstanding performance, continuing on, you know, getting another submission of Pettis or something like that would be would be a great look for Formiga to to kind of catapult him up the ranks a little bit and maybe put him back in the conversation. We'll see. But for Pettis, I think this is certainly a huge opportunity for him to uh, to put himself in a position where he can fight DJ or Cejudo. Um, I am talking the right division, I believe. Uh, you know, puts him right in there. Puts him right in there. The conversation. He's 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 coming up. So seventeen and three. I think he's just got to have a good, solid performance. Something decisive that says yes. Let's put this guy in. You know, in with the champ, or you know, let's let's give him something significant now. He's number two, but let's give him something really significant now. Um, you know, he's a good-looking kid, young. Let's see. Let's see. But it should be a very, very exciting fight. Two great fighters, two really, really accomplished fighters, and two fighters, you know, with some momentum at the back. So we'll see what happens on that. Um, but that's headlining the prelims. And if you're watching this in the UK, that's going to start at 1 a.m. Uh, UK time. And that's going to be on uh, BT Sport, I believe the event is being shown. They're not saying it, and I haven't searched for it yet, but I can't imagine they're going to fuck around um, with this one. They're going to want as many eyeballs on this as possible, I would have thought. So we'll see. But they're going to finish off the prelims. There's four fights on that. Some decent matchups. The Holtzman and Patrick fight should be good, which kicks them off. But uh, I'm not going to break all that down. So moving on to the main event, we kick off with Michelle Waterson and Felice Herrig. And I suppose... I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about it, but I'm not going to spend a ton on it. Just I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but there's just nothing for me uh, that's really exciting in in the female 
MMA spot at the moment. It's I want to see the big fights, and that's really it. Um, Felice Herrig lost her last fight. She lost a split decision to uh, Carolina Kolkavich, who obviously just got her fucking head smashed in in her last fight. But um, other than that, she's had three uh, three decision victories uh, against the girls in her division. You know, I mean, it's Courtney Casey, it's Justine Kish, it's um, Alexa Grasso. These are, you know, they were good fights for her for sure, and she looked she looked good. Wrestling's looking good. But again, I'm not like, I'm not bubbling. My heart rate's not going up. Like, I can't wait for this fight. You know, Michelle Waterson's a veteran. The karate hottie, she's a veteran. Um, <clears throat> she's been around. She's come across from uh, whatever the women's league was called uh, before they absorbed it. But again, she's had a win over Courtney Casey. Uh, but then she had two losses in a row, one to the champ uh, and then one to Tisha Torres. Uh, but then before that, she beat Paige Van Zandt. And that seems like for ages ago now, uh, back December 2016, you know, so two and two in her last, in her last four, um, again, you know, I hope it's a good fight, I hope it's a good fight, both those girls are great fighters, um, in the Pettis and Formiga fight, I'm gonna go with Pettis, uh, just because I want, you know, I just think he's a bit fresher, a bit quicker, uh, we'll see, but Formiga can hit. He's great on the ground. We'll see. But I'm going to take Pettis in that fight. I'm going to take Felice Herring, um, Herring in the Waterson fight as well. Um, and then moving on, we've got the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, number two, um, against Alexander Volkov, number five. I think uh, Volkov's on a six-fight win streak or something like that. He's six foot eight. He's a monster. He's looking decisive. He fucked up Fabricio Verdum in their last fight. Um, you know, Derek Lewis, you know, what can we say? He's, uh, he's a great fighter. Um, it was a real shame about obviously the Nganu fight, him having whatever it was, a trapped, uh, a trapped nerve in his back. So he couldn't kick. He's got some back problems. That's not going to serve him very well against a guy like Volkov. Uh, but you know, he, he beat Tabura. Um, and he beat Nganu. Uh, but the, you know, the man is a, is a walking performance of the night bonus. If he, if he has that kind of night, if he has that kind of night, it's a, you know, he's either going to hit you with a flurry and then just KO you, or it's going to be a big shot and, uh, and KO you because all of his, you know, fight of the night or performance of the night bonuses are, are, are KO victories for him. Um, <coughs> except when he lost to Mark Hunt got KO'd. Uh, but again, seems like ages ago, even though that was only kind of mid last year. Uh, so yeah, so he's fighting uh, Volkov. Volkov's really exciting, really, really, uh, really interesting guy, because I think if he can get a decisive victory over Derek Lewis, who's ranked number two, it puts him in real shot for a title fight. Um, obviously, there's other machinations happening in the in the heavyweight division, light heavyweight division, things like that with you know, John Jones now coming back and the Brock Lesnar fight potentially on the table for DC. And, you know, is uh, is DC going to get stripped of his 205 belt? So they force him to defend the heavyweight title and give it, you know, give Jones and Gustafson a 205 title shot. Who knows? I don't know what's going to go on, but there's a lot of machinations that are happening with that. John Jones 
versus Stipe, whatever, you know, all these crazy potential ideas that could be in the mix. And then right there, underneath all of it, is you've got this massive, savage, 6'7 Russian uh, who is 29 and 6. He's, like I said, I think he's on a... Uh, I think he's on a six fight win streak or something like that. Uh, his last four is uh, fourth round uh, TKO of Fabrice Overdoom, as we said, fucked him up. Um, performance of the night. Before that, it was um, a finish of Stefan Struve, who he just lit the fuck up. Um, fight of the night. I mean, Struve just doesn't know he has a jab or a, a 17 foot reach, you know, so whatever. But then he's beaten Roy Nelson. He's beaten, you know, Tim Johnson. Like, you know, he's, he's got this momentum about him and he's looking better every time we see him. So it's a really interesting fight for me. And I actually think he's going to beat Derek Lewis. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty impressive how he does it. I think he's going to keep him behind his jab. I think he's going to wear him down. I think he's going to put hands on him and I think he's going to finish him. Um, there's always the X factor with Derek Lewis, of course, but I just think Alexander Volkov, man, I mean, he might be, you know, he might be the next heavyweight champ. I, I, it's, it's that serious, I think, with him. Um, that's going to hinge on what happens on Saturday night for sure. But I think there's some real questions to be asked about him getting a title fight after this. If he can, uh, you know, if he can put a stop to Derek Lewis decisively, like he has done with Verdum, you know, pull him into the other rounds, pepper him up, get, you know, put hands on him, <clears throat> do work, tire him out, beat him down and then finish him off. You know, if he can do something like that with with uh, with Derek Lewis, or even more decisively, then I think we've got a real conversation because you know Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou were right there looking to be you know back up in that title fight spot. Um, you know that was obviously before DC came into the picture and knocked out Stipe, but still, I think other than that craziness that's going on in the lay of the land, as it you know more more you know it's more outside of the entertainment crazy matchup type of stuff the staple and the stable mates within those divisions this is what we've got to be we've got to be considering this i think so so yeah so so i'm looking for i'm, I'm looking for something decisive and i think if he does that then we're in a real conversation about him you know, being in the mix about who, you know, if John Jones comes up, maybe it's a Volkov matchup. Who knows? I don't think John Jones would probably take that match. But again, just kind of speaking out loud, if he fucking KOs Derek Lewis, you know, that's like seven in a row, you know, former title holder that he beat, took out a big hitter like, you know, like Lewis. Like what else? You know, he's looking fucking good. So we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, that's um, that's a really interesting one as well because of the implications, you know, because Derek Lewis, if he wins, he can start talking shit to, you know, anybody he wants to try to make that fight happen. I don't see the point of him getting back in there with Ngannou. Who knows what's going to happen with Ngannou? You know, the man like literally fell off the map 
after Dana shit all over him post-fight with Derek Lewis. So who knows about that? The only thing that's really being talked about now in the heavyweight division is the John Jones, DC, uh, Stipe, uh, Brock Lesnar kind of situation, if you want to call it that. So underneath that, I think there's these guys here. So let's let's see what happens. But I think Volkov is going to beat Derek Lewis in this fight. <clears throat> and I think he's going to do it um, via stoppage. So moving on. Ovin St. Preux versus uh, Dominic Reyes. I don't know a lot about Dominic Reyes, if I'm being completely honest. I'm going to click into his thing right now. I didn't really look into this guy. Um, but he's 9-0. and He's nine and zero, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna break him down for you. Six foot four, two oh five, right? Long, seventy seven inch reach. Three wins in a row. Performance in the night first round KO back in mid seventeen against Joachim Christensen. First round submission after that against Jeremy Kimball. In December of the same year, and then in May of this year, beat Jared Canier, Canonier, versus um, first round TKO. So I'm just trying to recall these fights, and I don't off the top of my head, but they're very decisive. So again, depending on where he fought on the card, could determine whether I remember it or not. Uh, but I can't recall. I can't recall those those fights. Um, pretty bad if I'm doing a breakdown show, to be honest. But hey, fuck it. Who cares? Um, Ovin St. Preux, seventh ranked, uh, 205er. And he's, you know, he's he's three and one in his last four, three performance of the night bonuses. And they've been beasts, like two submissions um, and, a, and a third round KO. He's beaten Okami, Corey Anderson, uh, lost to Latifi, and then beat Tyson Pedro. So it depends what kind of uh, OSP you get that night. You know, there's some OSPs that have looked a bit, a bit dodgy, and there's some OSPs that have looked absolutely unstoppable. So I don't know which one we're going to get, and we'll see. That said, Dominic Reyes, obviously up and comer, nine and zero, three first round stoppages. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the pick'em is. Uh, let's have a think. I'm gonna go with the twelve rank Reyes. He's a more active fighter. He lands more significant strikes. He's a bit shorter on reach, but he's taller in height. He's aggressive. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to go with Reyes. I'll go with Reyes on that. Probably should have looked at those fights. Because um, if they were short... Hey! Fucking cats eating the dog food. Um, <laughs> right. Onto the co-main event, guys. We're almost there. Co-main event. 
<coughs> the return of Tony Ferguson and the, I guess, return, but not from injury, of Anthony Showtime Pettis. So Tony Ferguson is obviously coming back from knee surgery when he was supposed to fight Khabib, tripped over a wire and did whatever he did to his knee. The scar was horrendous, but he seems, from all accounts, to be recovered well, rehabbed well, in great shape, in great spirits, and looks phenomenal. I was watching some of the embedded footage and some of the uh, some of the other stuff on social media, you know, and he's up on the Bosu balls, balancing, catching, you know, golf balls or whatever they're doing for his reflex training, and you know, he's hitting the speed bag with a blindfold on and keeping it moving, and he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's stretching with tension bands and doing a little bit of gymnastics, and you know, he looks like he's Tony Ferguson. You know, 25 and 3, Tony Ferguson, former interim title holder, Tony Ferguson. You know, he looks, he looks good. But what's that knee look like? What does that knee really feel like? How hard has he been able to train really? You know, ring rust, all of this. We'll see. Because his opponent's no slouch. And his opponent is trying to make a resurgence from, you know, former glory when he was the title holder at 155, Anthony Pettis is trying to is trying to get trying to really get back into the flow of it. You know, he's ranked number 8 and I think he's maybe tightened up some things that needed tightening up in terms of the technical aspect and how he approached fighting and you know, dare I say a hunger. Uh, you know, he lost in a fight of the night against Dustin Poirier. Right at the end of uh, at the end of last year, but he beat Jim Miller, and that was a hell of a fight. And he beat Michael Chiesa via submission in his last fight. He lost to Max Holloway, but that was a decent fight. Um, so he's he's kind of like. <sighs> You know, you almost want to say like he's he's almost back kind of thing, like how he was. But I don't know if back to how he was is good enough. He's got to be much better than that, especially against a guy like Tony Ferguson, who is just a, a freak. You know, he moves in unusual ways. He has unusual techniques. He's very flamboyant with his movement and flamboyant with the with the strikes that he throws and the submissions that he tries for. And, you know, he's so aggressive off of his back and. You know, he's always working for a finish or to land elbows off his back. He's a very aggressive back fighter, um, you know, in terms of uh, when they're on the ground. You know, Tony Ferguson is just a different type of animal. He's got incredible, he's got incredible cardio. He's got incredible reach. He's, he's, he's super creative. Super creative. Um, and, you know, Pettis is making this resurgence and, and Tony's coming back from injury. So there's a ton of stuff here. And potentially this is a fight down the road for Connor. Who knows? Who knows? But Tony Ferguson, Tony Ferguson hasn't lost like since 2012. He's beaten everybody. Castillo, Trujillo, 
uh, Truillo, uh, Glayson Tebow, Josh Thompson, Edson Barboza, Lando Venata, Rafael Dos Anjos, Kevin Lee. People, people sleep on Tony Ferguson. And yes, I know people look to the fight uh, with whoever it was. I can't even fucking remember um, where he, you know, where he got tagged up, and you know he doesn't have a perfect record. He's twenty-five and three, but he's got three performance of the night bonuses, three fight of the night bonuses, one submission of the night bonus, and one knockout of the night bonus. Tony Ferguson is a fucking savage. He's a savage. My only question is, what's the rehab been like? What's the rehab been like? What's the integrity of that knee like? Will it support real fight movement when he's in there against an athlete like Pettis? Because Pettis is an amazing kickboxer. He's incredibly fast. He's incredibly athletic. And when he does him and fights in more of like a flow state, he's a motherfucker too. There's a reason he was champ, you know? The 155 division was never soft, and he ran it for a minute. So he's on this resurgence. He's on this resurgence, and we'll see what kind of fight he can put together. We can, you know, we'll see what kind of training he's had and how he's tightened up the, the the nuts and the bolts of his style and of his technique, fundamentals, you know, all of that, making making it more of a a natural thing rather than a force thing. Um, but I gotta go with I if if he holds up and that knee is as good as they say it is, I have to go with Tony Ferguson. I just think he's got too many ways to beat Anthony Pettis. He's got a four inch reach advantage. He's uh, he's an inch taller. They both have a, a relatively similar finish rate, um, but Ferguson's so active. He's got such amazing defense. He's dangerous everywhere. And I just think he's going to want to come back, make a statement, make a claim for the belt that he feels is rightfully his, and really put a stamp on it. So, you know, I'm looking for a performance of the night out of Ferguson on this one. Um, I think he's going to try to come out and and make a statement. You know, he's he said publicly he's been getting ready for three fighters, you know, He's been getting ready for Khabib if Connor falls out for some reason. He's been getting ready for Connor if Khabib can't make weight. And he's also been getting ready for Pettis, which is obviously his primary focus. But he's supremely confident. He's supremely confident. And I think people sleep a little bit on how, you know, how good he is. He's, to me, the worst matchup for Connor. Because he's got a he's got a don't give a fuck attitude. He's got crazy technique. He's got incredible stamina. He's superior on the ground. He's just an animal. He's very unusual. And I think he poses the most interesting threat to Connor as a matchup. But he's sounding and looking confident. So I'm expecting him to to come out and make a statement. I'm gonna go with Tony Ferguson on the co-main event prediction. Um, all in all, it should be a really good night of fights. The the um, the main card that starts with Watterson and Herrig, 
That's going to kick off at 3 a.m. Uh, British Standard Time. So you can expect the main event, which we're going to get into in a minute, uh, to probably kick off around 4.30. Something like that with all the commercials. If you're watching it on BT Sport, if that's in fact where they are showing it. Uh, for some reason, there's no cable or satellite information on the UFC website. It's just TV or set-top box information. Um, and then web and then tablet mobile from the App Store. Or to find a participating pub. So I can't imagine they're going to be this fucking stupid about it. But I'm going to actually do a search while I'm on the podcast with you guys so I can give you the information. Sorry if you can hear any sound. I'm going to mute that. Uh, let me just do... Let me just do a quick search. It should come up pretty quick. Sorry, guys. I'm just going to look because I want to bring you guys... Okay, that's not the one. Let's have a look here. Right, I'll tell you in a sec if this is going to be shown. If it's on my plan or on Sky, I've got the BT Sport. Oh. Right, BT Sport 2, guys, is where it's being shown. Oh, wait. What the fuck? Okay, so it's saying that this is showing at sun Sunday at 9 p.m. Mine's got an auto record on it, and that's what it's what it's showing. I'm just gonna go to the planner real quick and see if I can search for Sunday night. I don't know if it'll go that far ahead. Cause if they're not showing it on live on the night i'm gonna be fucking furious this podcast is gonna take a fucking left turn down psycho avenue i'm telling you let me just have a look should be about there uh let's have a looky You have got You have got to be fucking kidding me. Okay. This is this is fucking insane. We still on? Sorry for those dead parts in that, guys. I was just doing a I was just doing a quick search as you heard. Um Okay, so I just did a search on Sky right? They're not showing this. They're not showing this. It's not on TV. I, what the fuck is going on here? Right, UFC, Sky, BT Sport, whoever the fuck. What are you talking about? Are you telling me that this is going to be outside of the subscription and the commercial arrangement that we've agreed to? 
Are you out of your fucking minds? You're showing it on Sunday night? How the fuck are people supposed to stay off social media till then? Right, let's have a look. This is a joke. Oh my goodness. TV UK. Let's have a look. I'm doing a quick search. We're going to find this out. This is horrendous. Unless I was looking at the wrong time. It has to be showing on BT Sport. Relax. Yeah, see, he's not happy about it either. He's not happy about it either. Right, they're just... Okay, so so they're saying that it is going to be BT Sport 1. Whew! Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, so it's saying that it's going to be BT Sport 1. So I must have just done my search wrong, guys. So apologies for that. And apologies for wasting all the fucking time looking for it. Okay, so it will be showing on BT Sport 1 from what I understand, from what I just read. So we're good on that. Same time supply. It's going to be 1 a.m. start to the prelims and a 3 a.m. start for the main card. And they're saying 4 a.m. is that when the main event's supposed to kick off. I think it's going to be a little later than that. I'm, I'm going to say about 4.30 that it'll probably end up kicking off because they put a lot of commercials in that shit. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. But what we came to talk about, right? came to talk about main event. The fight that everybody now is talking about, I, I don't know what analysts are saying that, you know, there's not a lot of um, hype around this fight. There may not be a lot of marketing promotion, but that was deliberate from Connor's side. He wasn't he wasn't prepared to do the, the world tour Jose Aldo style of promotion for this fight. And to be honest with you, I don't fucking blame him. I wouldn't want to do it either if I had a, a you know, a bear or as he calls himself, the eagle standing in front of me in a five-round fight. I'd want to focus on my training. So there was a press conference, obviously, as everybody clearly saw and clearly watched. That was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> Connor was getting real personal. We broke that down a little bit on the last show, uh, so I won't spend a lot of time on that. But this is a real beef. These guys do not like each other. Khabib does not like anything that McGregor stands for. Doesn't like his attitude. Doesn't like his teammate, Lobov, obviously, which is what started the whole incident with the trolley. But there's real beef here. And when t and when Connor goes to, goes to war with someone and fights and has a fight scheduled, he picks the person apart, right? And I mean that from an investigative point of view. He... He finds out what is going on with the fighter. He finds out what's going on with the family of the fighter, the camp of the fighter, the members of that camp, the management, everybody, right? As was on display at the press conference when he was talking about Khabib's manager. And, you know, again, we touched on that a little bit in the last show, so I won't, I won't go too much into this. But it seems much more personal. I think both fighters have stated that it is a little bit more personal, but... <clears throat> two things that I've kind of observed over this week of just watching some footage of both these guys because I follow them both on Instagram. 
I've obviously been watching the embedded. Khabib's got his own kind of behind the scenes series that he's putting out. Obviously, there's the Owen Roddy vlog. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of content out there to be consumed around these two fighters. And the two things that are standing out for me is one, this seems like Conor McGregor about three or four fights ago. He seems very twitchy. He seems very, very focused. He seems very intense. And there just seems to be a, a bit of a, I don't, I don't know what the word is. I don't know what the word is. It's just intense. It just, it's, it's, it's just an energy I seem to be like observing when I'm watching him in the Mac life interview and, you know, in different interviews that he's been doing and, and the way he looks on social media. And it just seems like he's, he, he really is coming in this for the fight. Like, you know, obviously there is that personal aspect, but he, it just seems personal. It just seems a bit personal. And for Khabib, well, he's, you know, Connor's everything that Khabib, you know, hates. He's flamboyant and he's boisterous and he's, you know, he lives life in excess. And, you know, Khabib's a Muslim and he, you know, he still lives at home with his mom, dad, wife and kids. You know, he's he's the true representation of, of you know, a, a disciplined, you know, Muslim warrior. He's he's insane he's never lost a round he's supremely dedicated he's been doing this since he was four years old it's you know you can't you can't speak enough about the type of work ethic that khabib Nurmagomedov has his his camp aka has produced four champions they're tried, tested, and trued. You know, they're tried, tried, tested, and trued. Try, tried, tested, and true in terms of the results that they get. So there's... My heart is going one way. My brain is split. It's, it's so interesting, this fight. I'm so fucking excited for this fight. Because... <coughs> Stylistically, you have a wrestler versus versus a striker versus a significant striker, but a significant wrestler who, you know, we've seen wobbled a couple of times. Everybody's like, oh, it's a Michael Johnson fight. Yeah, he got tagged in the Michael Johnson fight. He got hit for sure. But um, in the Tebow fight, he, he took some shots. This is the thing about Khabib. He gets hit. He is more of a squared up fighter. Right. To come off of, you know, from a wrestling, you know, stance and, and trying to be explosive through a wrestling takedown posture. That's different than how a Muay Thai striker stands or how a kickboxer or a point karate uh, style fighter stands. Connor has much more of that point style karate dynamic bounce in and out plyometric, you know, touch and go hyper explosive. Uh, type of movement where Khabib is going to, he's going to come forward. He's going to come forward. He's going to come forward and he's going to come forward. He's going to try to get you down. He's going to try to get you down. He's going to try to get you down and he's just going to try to smash you. And so the big question is, 
excuse me. <coughs> the big question is, look, if he does, and I think he will, get a hold of Connor and take him down, when will that be and can Connor get back up? I think Connor can get back up. I think Connor is athletic enough to get back I, back up. I think he's quick enough. I think he's strong enough. That said, we don't know. The other question is, which we know to be true already, is that Khabib gets hit. So the question is, how much will Connor land? How will Connor get a clean crack at him? Will he catch Khabib like he caught Eddie Alvarez? And lay him flat and just touch him up and just be so superior on the feet that he can negate this, this onslaught of takedown attempts. Abel Trujillo, and I know I fucked his name up earlier. Abel Trujillo got taken down 21 times. And if you haven't seen that fight, it is literally just a grown man picking another grown man up and slamming him into the canvas and then smack him in the face a few times. It's insane. Khabib is a monster. Khabib is an absolute monster and nobody has found a way to escape his strategy of fighting. He's one of the best grapplers we've ever seen in MMA and that's why he's 26 and 0. But we've never really seen a striker like Conor McGregor in, in the UFC either. He's very unique in his proficiency. He's very unique in his timing and his accuracy. He's incredibly athletic, superiorly confident, and has lived up and shown up in the big moments every single time he's been asked, except the Nate Diaz first fight, which clearly went wrong. Obviously, he lost him in, um, the Mayweather fight. We knew that was probably going to happen although we hoped a miracle could occur. But he shows up. And there's a big question around Khabib in terms of the competition that he's fought, the big moments that he's had to exist and thrive in, and whether or not he'll be able to show up mentally on the day like so many others have not been able to against Connor and against other situations that they've been faced with, will Khabib be able to stand up, show up, and perform in the moment like he's not been a part of before? He's never been a part of this before. And say what you like about fighting and say what you like about athletic performance. I think a lot of people agree that it is, you know, it is significantly Affected if your mental game and your mental preparation is not top-notch So much of the success in this game is mental mental preparation The ability to rebound after you've gone through adversity the amount of you know the strength and and Encourage to tell yourself you're gonna go into a cage where another man is gonna try to kill you The only thing stopping him from doing that is the ref or you this is already a bad enough game. This is already a crazy game. But Khabib's never experienced this before. And tomorrow night is going to be incredibly telling. Because I expect... I expect this to be insane. 
So we're Wednesday today. There is a live press conference scheduled tomorrow between these two, and apparently it's going to be open to the public. Connor is going to be in full game mode. There's going to be no fucking whiskey there. Unless it's sponsored. He is going to attack Khabib. Now, if there's Irish fans in there, which there absolutely will be, if there are Russian fans in there, which there absolutely will be, there's a real potential for kickoff. You're going to have to separate this like a football match in, you know, wherever. I don't know. You know, they put police in in the aisles, SWAT police and riot police in the aisles to stop these fans getting at each other. I think we're going to see a similar situation tomorrow. It's going to be wild. And I'm really going to be honing in on Khabib's mental state because the other thing that I've noticed is that Khabib looks a bit tired in the footage and in the shots I've seen of him. He's been carrying a black eye now for at least a week, a week and a half. Um, he just looks a bit tired. I don't know if he's come into this camp light, lighter than normal and it's been a struggle. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with his weight. He's had issues there before. Um, he had a much bigger cut. He's coming down from 200. Apparently this time he's uh, under 190, so that should help. But I'm just making a very, very bland observation in terms of the fact that I've seen a ton of footage of him this week and last week, and he looks, he just looks tired to me. Maybe that's his demeanor, and maybe he hasn't had the spotlight on him as much as he has during this fight camp and, you know, during this fight week. But he just looks a bit tired, just looks a bit tired. And I just wanted to note it because it could play a bigger role than we think. So... You know, stylistically, you know, these two are coming from certain places. Connor, very dynamic, as we said, switching stances, you know, that heavy left hand, great movement, great angles. He'll have to be on his bike in terms of Khabib coming forward, moving backwards. You know, he's a great counterpuncher, so look out for that. That's how he got Aldo on a crazy powerful, you know, left on a counterpunch. That was, you know, a thing of beauty. But he's going to have to be on his bike. He's going to have to be moving because Khabib's not going to stop coming forward until he gets hit a few times. Then, inevitably, he will slow down a little bit because every man does. But can Khabib get to him before he lands anything significant? If he does, that could be a completely different ballgame. I do have every hope that Connor will get back up and will get to his feet. If he is taken down by Khabib, but Khabib's going to do one thing. Khabib cannot stand up with Conor McGregor. He cannot strike with Conor McGregor. He's only going to be trying to take him down. And maybe that's the game plan. And then he tries to come in and, and fucking, you know, land an overhand right. I just don't think Conor. I think Conor has more ways to beat Khabib. I think Conor's harder to prepare for than Khabib because he's such a dynamic fighter. His boxing's only going to have improved since we saw him last in the Eddie Alvarez fight because he did a full boxing training camp. His hands are going to be smooth, I would imagine, real tight. 
um, which is a bad thing for Khabib. Um, but I think Khabib gets a hold of him. I think he takes him down. I just, I just think Connor can get up, and if Connor gets up and puts enough damage on Khabib before the reserve, before the reverse happens, then I think, I think Connor has a real chance of winning this fight. Now, there's always the X factors, right? There's always the one punch from Connor. Does he starch him? Does he make an Instagram video? You know, that's what it was for on the Aldo fight. You could have watched that thing in an Instagram video. You know, does he, does he make the fight first round magic? And just take that title back and, and just go nuts. Or does Khabib just wear him down, beat the shit out of him, keep successfully taking him down even after he gets back up, limits the damage that you know Khabib actually takes to himself uh, from Connor and manages to do work and gets a victory. Those are those are the two, like if your style takes over and is imposed the most, this is the likely outcome, right? Connor starches him, done. Khabib wears him down, beats the shit out of him, either you know makes him give up, which I don't think is ever going to happen, um, or it's a ref stoppage, or it's a decision victory. You know that kind of thing from just Khabib landing ground and pound all day, uh, like he does in a lot of his fights. But there's also the chance that this is one of the most classic fights that we've ever seen in the UFC, and that a combination of all the things that I just mentioned happens. Connor cracks him, wobbles him. Khabib comes back, takes Connor down, hammers him on the ground. Connor gets back up. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And we go five rounds. And it ends up looking like the DS2 fight. You know? And there's a ton of potentially mutual respect given based on that competition. And maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe this is one of the most grueling, brutal fights that we watch. And they come out of it and they still hate each other. And they want to do it again. Cool. Let's do it again. But that's thinking way, way, way too far in the future with way, way, way too many ifs, ands, or buts. The fight is upon us in four days. And I think, I think, God... My heart wants Connor to win because I'm such a huge McGregor fan. My brain is split down the middle because I don't know who gets to impose the game plan most effectively. But I'm not going to make a call. I'm not going to make a call. Fuck, that's terrible, isn't it? Ugh. Anyways, fuck you guys. I'm not making a call. I can't do it. I don't know. I've been thinking about it. <coughs> literally non-stop for a week and I don't know that's why I'm so intrigued by this fight that's why I'm so interested in just being a part of it even as a viewer for me it's just it is the biggest fight that we've had Khabib is 26 and 0 they're saying he if he beats McGregor he's going to retire just walk off into the sunset like I'm the fucking man and I'm the best ever. 27 and 0, beat your fucking golden pony and I'm out of here. See you later. I'm going back to live with my mom and dad in Dagestan. See you later. You know? That's what uh, Josh Thompson said to Brendan Schaub. He said that if, if Khabib wins this fight, you might not see him again. 
which is crazy, right? Because he's 30. <coughs> but there is a video of Khabib on YouTube when he was like, what, eight years old wrestling a bear. So he's been in this lifestyle a long, long time. And if that's so his choice, then that's so his choice. And, you know, may, uh, may he have a great life. Uh, I almost don't want to say my prediction out loud because I feel like it jinxes it. I am a, I don't gamble a lot, but whenever I do, the thing I gamble on doesn't come in. I'm a fuck it. I, I never win. I never, ever, ever win. I've won like twice, three times maybe in my entire life. But every time I bet on somebody that I support, they lose. So I don't want to put a bet on. I don't want to announce that I think this person or this person is going to win. And I'm not even a superstitious person. This is just a trend. This just seems to be a trend. As soon as I put my name on something that is actually of significant, like I'll make predictions like I did the whole card because I don't really give a fuck. Of course, the winner has implications and what we talk about in future shows. And, you know, it's great for their career. And you always want to see other fighters ascend and everything like that. But there's there's certain fights like when GSP came back. <coughs> I don't go to bed for that. I stay up for that. You know, this Connor fight. I'm staying up for this. Like I, I like I want to be part of the event. I fucking love it. But also, I don't want to jinx it. And I didn't bet on GSP and he won. <laughs> So I'm just not going to make a call on it. And I hope you guys don't hold that against me. And if you do, well, fuck off because I don't want to make a call on it. But you can probably tell who I'm who I'm actually going for. Um, I just don't want to jinx it. In fact, I actually want to bet on the other guy to try to help that guy lose. It's fucking brutal. I'm not even a superstitious person. It's so dumb. So dumb. But... You can probably tell who I'm rooting for, and if you've guessed it, you're probably right. So uh, I'm just going to leave it there, okay? We've done an hour on the show. I'm not going to – you guys stop pressuring me. I'm not going to give you a goddamn answer, okay? So tune in. Tune in. This is going to be enormous. Even if you record it and watch it the next morning, just do that. But – Take a piece of advice from me just for free. Don't, if you do record it, don't just fast forward to the Khabib and the Connor fight. Watch the whole entire main event. Fast forward through the commercials, fine. But watch the entire main event. Watch Joe Rogan speak and Daniel Cormier speak if they're, they, I mean, DC should be an announcement uh, in the announcing booth ringside with him. Listen to these guys. Be a part of the experience. Don't fast forward any of the action. Just watch it. And I swear to God, by the time Connor comes to the ring, you will be on the edge of your seat. I promise you. I fucking promise you. If you're a if you're a first time watcher, <coughs> which you probably aren't, if you're listening to a UFC preview show. But if there's someone out there that hasn't listened to it and hasn't watched it. Do me a favor and just take in the entire experience because a Conor McGregor event just has a completely different energy about it. The Irish fans, coupled now with the Russian fans, start by tuning into this press conference tomorrow. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And if social media 
and all of the footage that I've been watching is anything to go by. These two fucking samurais have sharpened their swords to be able to cut through, you know, a whisker. It should be absolutely incredible. The whole UFC 229 should be great. The main event is going to be something else. I just know it. Either way, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. It's going to be amazing. Categorically amazing. So, tune in. Again, from what I've read, BT Sport 1, 1 a.m. is when the prelims start. 3 a.m. is when the main card happens. And Connor should be on at about 4, 15, 4.30 at a Tune in at four, like they said, but I think it's going to be a, a little later than that with the with the commercials and everything. So um, tune in, and then when we're when we're back next week, we'll do kind of a quick recap on it um, and see what happened. But I'll leave you with that, guys. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed the breakdown. Uh, I'm just so hyped for this fight. I'm so hyped for this fight. Let us know. You know, when we post this link, let us know in the comments who you're supporting, what you think is going to happen. And yeah, let the, let the chips fall where they may, right? Uh, this is going to be something else. Anyways, I'm waffling. Right. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Get us on iTunes. Get us on SoundCloud. Uh, but if you're listening to us, you already know that. Um, of course, Facebook, of course, Twitter links are always there. Same with any updates that we need to let you guys know about. And, uh, that's a wrap UFC 229 preview show. And we are a wrap. So, uh, episode 54, I think I said 53 earlier in the, uh, in the show. Apologies for that. This is episode 54 guys. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Get us where you get us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with a second show of the week. Guaranteed bring you everything that's been going on this week. Uh, but until next time guys, all the best. <laughs>